we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means, on infiltration instead of invasion, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. There is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. All right, welcome to episode 64 of the Abuse Hour. It is I, your host, Coffee Long, coming to you unsupervised, unmedicated, and an unchecked threat to society. So yeah, man, sorry, it's been a little bit since the last time I put an episode, and I guess, yeah, I had a few, uh, there was a few there where I managed to knock a few out back to back to back, and that was cool, but dude, the last few, I don't know what, the last week or so has just been a kick in the balls, man, and uh, like my gig it's it's been this thing where like the end of the year kind of tapers off and then the beginning of the year is just sledgehammers man so i've been hustling that end and um yeah man and and as per i'm headed to the airport as is my custom gonna fly off to spectacular locations and do not so spectacular shit but so i figured today uh i saw that there was well dude like first what do you call it like the 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 normie cast tip like the uh the spotify thing and all that kind of thing it's it's actually it's flying man like it's not you know it's not flying off the shelves or nothing like that but i mean it is it's out there still and it hasn't been zucked yet and i have walked the tightrope a little bit and that's well and good yeah generally man it's still there and uh and again i don't know how much of this is vpn action but it was kind of cool man i like seeing you know, cats from Europe logging in, and a few. I think there's one dude from Deutschland, Deutschland that's that's in the chat and so on. So yeah, that's kind of money. So I thought today, uh, do a quick, like a quick, what fur on some of the stuff going on out there, and um, then a quick cautionary tale, and then a little bit of talk on something somebody had hit me up on in the chat. Like we talked before about getting off the X, and I can't remember what episode it was that was like pre-Zuck, and um, I can't remember. I can't remember my own fucking name. I can't remember what all we talked about. I can't remember the episode number. I don't know. I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing about nothing. But um, I wanted to go over a little bit more of that stuff, and the dude that I had talked to in the chat mentioned that, like, dude, I don't, I don't have any military experience. I wouldn't even know where the x is like get off the x like am i even on the x how do you know so we can talk through some of that you know how you can uh recognize and dodge duck dip dive and dodge so first some of the goings on man uh it's been a few well i don't know a week and change since the last time i put something out but i thought it is pretty cool that um what is this the international court of justice which if you recall or were unaware that this is a gig that um these hebrews put together basically to strong arm the rest of the civilized world into recognizing their victimhood i guess that this thing is not quite taken as seriously as you know a lot of international bodies but this organization did find israel uh highly suspect i don't remember what the exact wording was but it was basically like it looks like it could be a possible possibility that israel is involved in some war crimes 
And what's kind of ridiculous is that, like, even while they're out there pitching their innocence and insisting, they're like, no, no, we're not, we, we ain't did nothing. We ain't never do nothing. At the same time, they're talking about, like, oh, Jesus, some guy almost got run over. That's pretty sweet. They're talking about, yeah, you know, we ain't did nothing. And um, at the same time, they're talking about, well, here's what we're going to do with this land. Here's what we're going to rebuild out here. We're going to, you know, stand up some, the new Gaza, the new West Bank and this kind of shit. So, I mean, it's just, one, it's not a good look, but two, it does just kind of speak pretty plainly to like, yeah, obviously their plan is to just make this shit happen. Like, we're just going to do it. And I think it's kind of that, it's that deal where it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. And in their case, not even asking forgiveness. So they're just kind of doing it. And it, I mean, it's like anything, dude. It's like, you know, you got a mouthy girlfriend that's like, I'm just going to go out with my friends and I just need to borrow some money. I'm taking your wallet, okay? And you're like, man, don't do that. No, I just, I just need a few dollars. And like, hey, don't do that. No, it's cool. Oh my God, it's just my friends. Don't make it a big deal. And then, you know, whatever happens, happens. And later you're pissed off and like, I asked you not to do that. I had plans or I, I needed that money. And then like, oh my God, it's already over and done with. It's not like we can go back in time. Like, let's just move forward. Oh my God. And that's, dude, that, that's like Israel in a nutshell. I saw a really solid take that Israel really is, like their national diplomacy, national diplomacy, what an asshole. Their international diplomacy approach is like what you would see out of dealing with a difficult woman. And for a few women who do listen to this, obviously I don't mean you, but I mean, you, you, we all know the type, right? Like, I'm going to kind of do whatever I want. You just kind of get out of my way. Just OMG. And it, like all very emotional, all very... What's the word? Like rationalization based. Like let's, I, I can make it make sense. You know, like bombing hospitals, I can make it make sense. So International Court of Justice pretty much, I don't know, they didn't really like put the slap down, but it does sort of pave the way. For this particular situation, I guess it was about the worst possible outcome. Because they weren't really ever going to get like, yeah, genocide, dude. You're, um, and I don't know what consequences they could possibly levy out you know i mean who are they really it's not that they can take your nintendo away it's it's the imaginary court of whatever the hell but um you know israel i guess for their part is like yeah no we don't we're not we're not gonna worry about that we're just gonna do what we gotta do omg defend myself and this kind of shit but um they have ramped up uh operations in the west bank i guess and dude, one I remember one of the arguments early on was like, you know, the apologists, you know, your your CNN, your Fox, pretty much everybody in DC, all of Facebook, was like, well, you know, it's not, to, you know, it's because of Hamas. You see, Hamas is the problem, and if people won't cooperate, people get in the way, or people protect Hamas, you know, then then those people make themselves a target. So really, the the fight is between Israel and Hamas. You see. And one of the guys that I saw, I mentioned this on on an earlier podcast, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he was he was actually real fucking funny. But he was talking about like, okay, well, it's just about Hamas then. Well, how many how many like extrajudicial killings or killings of non-combatants have taken place in the West Bank? And there's no Hamas in the West Bank. And and it was just kind of like, okay, well, no, no, we're not gonna like rewind, rewind. We don't want to talk about that. We're talking about just this over here. And it was, it was kind of telling at the time, but it was almost like this weird hypothetical, you know, at the time where now it's like, well, yeah, there's no Hamas in the West Bank, but yet here you are rolling deep, 
blowing shit up, fucking things up in the West Bank. And I guess they just had this deal. I just saw this, I, I want to say yesterday, that um, Israel had these dudes dress up as doctors and nurses and such and go into a hospital in the West Bank and assassinate three dudes. So just kind of based on the way things have gone, you know, the shit that's become acceptable, some of the things you see constantly in the news, some of the constant excuse offering for literally whatever Israel does, man. You, you blow up a fucking hospital, a school, a hotel, an ambulance, there's always a fucking excuse. And it just gets passed off as like, well, yeah, but, oh, I mean, yeah, but, you know, there was like a terrorist commander in there. Well, yeah, but there was a Hamas leader in there. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but. And what people seem to forget, man, and, and I just heard this on a podcast this morning. There's a deal it's, uh, that they're still putting out on uh, TRS where there's, they've got like an ex-military guy on there and uh, Mike is on there and they're talking about basically what they call laws of war rules of war and you would think that like no man there's no rules like but there are there very much are and from my time there a lot of what this revolved around was uh, well for my part it was title 10 and title 50 and i can never remember which is which and i had mentioned this before it was a while back but title 10 and title 50 and in the special operations scene the difference between Title 10 and Title 50, one of these, I again, I can't remember which because I'm no lawyer, but one of these is essentially to say that, yeah, fine, you can be special ops guy, but you still abide by military rules. So when you see special ops dudes with like beards and oddball uniforms and all kinds of different shit, you still have to be a uniformed combatant. Okay, you can't dress up as like the enemy. You can't dress up as a third nation right as some certain kosher friends might be want to do you can't pull this kind of shit all right uh there are laws about who you can engage and who can engage you all right so if you know you see a guy just walking along and you think for sure that that guy even though he's wearing no uniform carrying no weapon you're absolutely sure that you saw that guy in uniform carrying a gun yesterday shooting at you as he ran away it doesn't matter, dude. You can't fucking just shoot this guy. It doesn't work like that. If a guy is injured and he's no longer a threat, and again, I'm giving you supposed to be, but I'll get to why it works like that in a second. So a guy, you know, you're, some guys are, you know, in wearing their I don't like America uniforms. They're shooting at you. You're shooting at them. You kill a bunch of them, and then one of them is like, ah, he's laid out, and he's like, oh, God, I'm, I'm hurt. Oh, help me, help me. You can't just cruise up and smoke him. Uh, if somebody's injured and they run off to a house and, you know, the lady of the house is dressing his wounds in old socks or T-shirts or boiling water or whatever, you can't just roll in and smoke the guy. It doesn't work like that. Now, you might say, you might say that, well, this is bullshit, dude. This is war, you know, and America's the only people that abide by these laws. And honestly, for the most part, we are some of the only people and probably some Europeans, but the only people abiding by these laws you know, you don't see this coming out anywhere else. Um, but this is an advantage, and I'll tell you why. Like, during my time cruising around in Shitkanistan and all of these places, there's people that are like, most people everywhere, dude, people are just trying to get by. You know, they're just trying to stay alive, dude. And a lot of people aren't trying to take a side in any kind of thing. 
like the people that you're over there fighting, they might have fucked with these people down in Dog Patch. Like you don't fucking know the story. So if you roll in and you're cool and you're like, hey, I'm not going to fuck you up, you know, and, and you have, you know, you as an American, you have a reputation of like, yeah, we roll in, we throw straight dice. If you're not shooting at us, we're not going to fuck with you. And you say, hey, man, if you tell me where these people are, I'll go get them and they'll stop fucking with you. Now, in, in light of the way things have gone lately, like that might be a hard, you know, sale to make. A lot of places like Iraq, especially, there was a deal where like it was like a fucking free for all where there's people that are saying like, yeah, bro, I'm getting my jihad on. But these are just thieves and gangsters. All right. So they'll roll in. They fuck people up. They just like they'd set up shop in people's houses and they're like, hey, we're living in your house, bro. Or we're going to use your house as like a halfway point and we're going to store some shit here. And if you're cool, then we'll give you a little taste. And if not, we'll just kill you. And like, what's Farmer Bob going to say? He's like, fuck, fine. You know, he can't say shit. All right. So a lot of this shit went on. So when you roll in and you're like, hey, man, I don't give a fuck, dude. You know, you want to run hookers out here? That's your fucking business, dude. But if these people are the people we're looking for and they're fucking with you, you tell me where they are. Tell me who they are. I'll just go deal with them right now. And if you have thrown straight dice this whole time and they go, yeah, these Americans are all right, man. If they do you wrong, they'll hand you money. Um, if you throw straight dice with them, they won't fuck you up. They'll, they'll play straight. They'll come and they'll help you. They won't make your life harder as a visiting team. You got to fucking appreciate this, man. I mean, I think, you know, as Americans, we have this, this vision of like war, like you're always deploying, like you're never thinking of it in like this neutral sense, you know, like, uh, like, Hey, they're, uh, they're just fighting in some place and we're just fighting in some place, you know, it's like a neutral venue or something. It ain't like that, dude. You show up these places, like, none of these motherfuckers want you there. Like, most of the people would rather you just fucking left. You're making life harder. That's the fucking fact. So, you know, a lot of times when these people are getting strong-armed by the locals, it's because, like, hey, are you helping the Americans? Or we heard they come through here and they get a kind of a welcome. Hey, what the fuck? If you're not there, that shit doesn't happen. So you can kind of see. But, I mean, this is apples and oranges, dogs, cats, carts, horses, whatever the fuck you like. The point is, though... Um, when you play by these rules of war, you set yourself up for like, look, the regular townspeople who you need to help you. If you're the visiting team, you are setting yourself up where they will help you out. If they see a good reason to, if you fuck around, what you do instead is you turn this shit into a situation where they're like, you know what? I didn't really have a horse in this race, but that guy was such a fucking asshole. The next time, Mr. Al-Qaeda, Mr. Taliban, Mr. Hezbollah, who fucking ever comes to town and is like, all right, we've had it with these Americans. Who's going to help? You know, I'll have my fucking hand up. Like, yeah, they came to my house and blew up my fucking door and kicked my dog and, you know, fuck those guys. I'll fucking dime them out to you. All right, so, you know, if you're going to be a visiting team, if you're going to traipse around the world getting in adventures, then this is a concern for you. But um, kind of circle jerking back to this Israel situation then, man, what you see then is where, like, these guys are cruising into a hospital, smoking people. Like, this is very much, very, very plain and simply a war crime. There is no fucking... Uh, modern society where this is not a war crime now these israelis man they get away with a lot and for my money 
I believe like, you know, a lot of us have looked at the situation and said, you know, you're really, you're coming to the end of the deck on this, on this Holocaust card thing where you could say, oh, but this happened. We're an oppressed people. Oh God. And people are coming to the end of it. And like, we're getting tired of this. For my money, I think they know this. I think they know that, yeah, man, we don't have too much of this left. Like, we can't run on this too much longer. But I also think that that is what they're willing to trade to get this greater Israel thing off the ground. Because I think if you can pretty much ethnically cleanse the West Bank and Gaza, you know, now people could say, like, well, you're not going to ever be able to say that you're, like, the victim, the victim. And now they're like, well, we don't have to man, we have our greater Israel. And, you know, not to mention looking at chunks of Jordan and chunks of Lebanon and and maybe dipping into Egypt or whatever. Um, They're going to have all the real estate they want, at which point they can just kind of reset. So when you talk about like, well, how would we reset? Well, I mean, how many different wars do you need to see on the horizon before you start losing track of what was in the news last week? Like, could you say anything right now about like, where do you stand on this Ukraine situation? What's the latest, greatest? Like, you who? Like, Ukraine, what's happening there? Like, that shit's gone, dude. That's yesterday's trash can liner, you know? So, if they can get some other shit going, then everything they're doing now just becomes like, yeah, dude, that's old news. What are you talking about? And the only thing that sticks is the stuff that you've seen nonstop is, yeah, but November 7th, oh, God. Oh, God. And unfortunately, in the process, a few innocents were injured and... You know, but, you know, we've taken care of that now. And we like to think we have good relations with the few Arab people who remain. You know, at the end of the day, then they really come out ahead because they smoke a bunch of people and they pick up a bunch of real estate. And then they can just start rewinding that whole Holocaust narrative and they can just keep right on moving down the road. Um, So saying that it's ethnic cleansing, man, saying that it's really, I mean, approaching a genocide type approach uh you know people will argue this oh yes it is no it isn't and and i will say absolutely that this is ethnic cleansing slash genocide and i'll tell you why because you know we had a saying you know in the special operations scene that even if you're going against some third world dirt squirrels like you can never be thinking of these people as third world dirt squirrels because even every third world country is trained to a first world standard. That doesn't mean they always hold a first world standard, but even some of the dumbest sons of bitches out there walking the earth, uh, they're still trained. They've still had eyes on at least. Like they know how shit is supposed to happen. So you can't be walking out there thinking that like, oh yeah, these guys don't have any fucking idea what they're doing. They might be lazy and just not do the right thing. You know, that happens a lot, but they know, they do know how shit should happen. So looking at this Israel thing, when you're talking about how to conduct warfare, the difference between killing somebody and injuring somebody is very important. And here's how I mean. If you go out there and you kill somebody, like you just smoke somebody. Okay, well, that guy is dead. His family will get a free flag. You know, maybe his kids will go to college or whatever. But that guy's done. It's over with. Guys can go through his stuff and see if anybody needs anything that he had. But that's it. That's the end of the show for him. You know, and even if he's dead out there and there's a fight on, uh, maybe they leave him, they'll come back and get him later. And a lot of times there'll be situations with like, yeah, man, let the people go and collect their dead. It just, one, it breeds goodwill. And if you fuck around and you don't let people do things like that, then it becomes like 
those motherfuckers, like you treat them inhumane, like the next chance they get, they're going to treat you inhumane. So you try to be cool. But if a guy's dead, he's just dead. That's it. All right. On the other hand, if a guy is injured or just wounded, now you got to shell out time, money, and resources. All right. You're going to have to expend medical resources. You're going to have to move that guy around. You're going to have to be checking up on him. You're going to have to use, you know, whatever planes, trains, automobiles to get him from here to there. All right. Like injured, injured guys require resources. Okay. Uh, same way. If you have like a tank that's completely destroyed, all right, it's destroyed. Fuck it. Leave it there. Uh, if you have a building that's completely leveled, all right, fuck it, man. Leave it there. You know, like you, you level a fucking hospital, you completely obliterate that fucking thing. All right, man, fuck it. Like, we got to start from scratch on this thing. Just whatever's there, just fuck it, leave it. All right, but if there's still some stuff there, maybe there's some equipment, whatever, or the building's not completely smashed, we can work with this. All right, we can rebuild this, but it's going to take time, money, and resources. So you look at this Israel situation, uh, what they're doing to these people, man, you're absolutely cutting them off at the knees by going after, going after their means of food production and distribution. All right, so I understand that they're hitting a lot of bakeries is, is something I just heard this morning. They're, obviously we know, hitting hospitals, like just shredding fucking hospitals, uh, going after ambulances, so all of these kind of things. So all of these things, these are ways that resources would get expended. So people get injured. So, you know, normally it would be soldiers and so on, but in the case of these Israelis, like, you know, kids, women, old people, whoever you can injure or kill. But if those people just get injured, now they got to go to the hospital. Okay, so you get to the hospital, now you're going to be consuming resources, gas to get there, a place to put them, all this shit. All right, it becomes a very self-licking ice cream cone. So where some resources could have gone to like, yeah, we need this for the boys at the front. We need this money to buy bullets. We need this spot for a soldier to sleep, whatever. Now you're saying like, well, no, dude, we got sick people, injured people, people that got fucked up. We got to take care of these people. And at that point, it can it can start to become like, look, we can't afford to go on. We can't afford to fight. And, you know, now the war is over. All right. It just it's that's just kind of the way that it works. But if you've got where you're just killing everybody and it's like, well, what else are we going to do? We're just going to keep fucking fighting. Like, hey, we're coming to fucking kill you. All right, well, I'm going to fucking fight you over that. But if it's like, hey, we hurt your brother over here. We hurt your friend. We hurt your neighbor. All right, I'm going to stop fighting. I'm going to go see if I can help this guy out. I'll get back to you in a minute if I can. But first, I got to deal with this. You know, and by the time that's handled, then maybe all the fight is out of them or something gets worked out. You don't know. But to that end, that's why when I look at this situation, it's very hard to say that Israel is fighting to win. They're not fighting to win. They're not fighting to get Hamas to quit or to get Hezbollah to quit or get anybody else to quit. They're fighting to kill as many people as they can. They're fighting to liquidate this population. They're fighting to make all these people dead and soak up this real estate and then turn around and like, oh, well, you know, just like the mouthy girlfriend. Oh my God, what's past is past. Let's just move forward. Oh my God, I can't believe you're bringing up old news. All right, so that's, for my money, that's where this thing is headed. Uh, so if this does anything with, you know, this International Court of Justice thing, who the fuck knows? I mean, I could see this just dragging on indefinitely. This thing with, um, 
you know, like a, a, a very useful distraction in D.C., I think, has been this this not Iranian strike on not Jordan. And from some of the, the analysis I'm seeing was that uh, basically it was like, what was it, like two black dudes and a black chick, like Georgia reservists or some such. And, dude, I'll tell you, like, I think probably being a reservist, getting sucked into a war zone, that has got to be probably the shittiest possible deal that I can ever imagine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was, um, when I was overseas at locations unknown and I was doing some shady shit and how I alluded to earlier where, you know, on one side of the fence, there's like strict military operations where you're always a uniformed combatant. You engage, you know, in such manner and with such people. The other side of the fence is a national directive type thing where something based on like a presidential finding. So something like going into Pakistan to go get Osama bin Laden, who quite arguably had no hand in blowing up those towers, but irregardless, uh, something like that where, you know, you're, you were not at war with Pakistan and at the time we're still at least pretending to follow some laws of war. Um, so to go and do a thing like that, that would be based on a presidential finding that like, hey, this is a national directive. This is what I want you specific people to do. So I did get to work on that side of the fence a little bit. And I was in, you know, location undisclosed. And I was cruising around in a civilian car in a regular people car dressed like regular people. And dude, every time, like I would come back to the gate at the base, you know, in this get up to go drop all this shit off. And every time, man, I look up there and there would be like, you know, there's military vehicles, there's construction vehicles, there's local nationals that work at the base, you know, like whatever, sweeping hallways or whatever. And if I look up there, dude, and I see there's this one reservist kid and this guy, every time, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I'm a white dude in a Haji car or whatever. But this guy would, this guy almost shot me like three times. And I would pull up to the thing with my hands like sticking up by the wheel and I'd have the window down and I, I'm not going to yell out the window, you know, so every other local can be like, what the fuck's going on there? But I pull up and I'm like, it's me, dude. It's me. I'm American. Just be cool. He's like, what? Who not? Like the fucking gearing in his head was locking up. They're like, why is this dude who looks like this? Why is he speaking in my language? And like, clank, 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 like blue screen of death with this guy. But um, I talked to, I finally, I talked to the kid a few times and I was like, look, bro, I have this car and another car. This is how I dress. Like, it's me. I'll have my hands like this. So if you see me, man, just be cool. Just relax. It's just fucking me. And he's like, all right, dude. All right. But I talked to the kid a little while and he was a reservist and, uh, and he was telling me like, man, as a reservist, you aren't planning to come to this shit, but you get brought over here. And they put you on gate guard. You're like the front line. Like if if somebody's going to get blown up or fucked up, it's going to be you, lucky gate guard. <laughs> so it's like the worst possible deal. And these kids like, yeah, I just signed up for the fucking college, man. And like you're getting stuck in it. Have a nice time. So yeah, dude, like that difference between um, a national directive type deal and um, and just like your average soldiering thing, uh, that shit matters. I wonder what the fuck I was... Nice job. I wonder what I was talking about. Ooh...
Yeah, so um, these reservists in uh, not Jordan, I guess, ended up getting blown up somehow or other. And like the initial story was that yeah, some uh, some drone attack sponsored by Iran, like like it's a like it's a New Year's Day bowl game or something like the Iran Bowl. Anyway, so they get uh, they get blown up. They're saying, oh yeah, it was, a, it was a drone attack sponsored by Iran. They were just in Jordan minding their business and got blown up. And now people start looking into it a little bit. And I heard the take that like a lot of these Hebrew takes, man, like this shit probably worked real, real well in the days of newspapers, right? When you could get like one line of shit out there. And even if it was blatantly, demonstrably untrue, like you get it out there, pump it a little bit, and it's going to get stuck in people's heads. And even later, if they come to you with like, yeah, bro, that thing, that thing you said, that wasn't even true. And by then everybody's like, what thing? What are you even talking about? That's old. That's old news. Are you bringing up the past? OMG. But now is like, you know, if somebody says something like one, something happens and you're hearing about it within a few hours. And if it's bullshit, you're going to get called on it within a few hours. So whereas before, like the whole newspaper cycle could have been like, yeah, bro, by tomorrow, this shit's nailed in stone. It's part of the fucking, you know, it's part of the fucking story. But now it's like, yeah, not so fast, fuck stick. So these characters over there, as I'm understanding it now, is like we got this situation where we're doing business in some little corner of Syria, but it's close enough to Jordan where we could say, ah, well, it's Jordan, you know, or if we bounce back and forth, we could say, oh, we go to Syria once in a while, but we're not in, in Syria. You know, we don't have, have troops in Syria. They sleep in Jordan, you know, once every 30 days. So that's where they really are. But you know, some, sometimes they're here, but that's not any business you need to worry about. So apparently this shit is going on and somehow some, uh, some sort of attack occurs and these three, diversity reservists get blown up like the first thing i heard was that uh one was that yeah it's in jordan and it turns out like yeah no not exactly jordan more like syria and then it was a drone strike but then oh uh, well not exactly a drone strike because somehow this uh attack caused more damage than any other drone strike ever and i heard some discussion on whether the place was even in range of anybody known to have drone attack capabilities and I never heard a final conclusion on that but long and short the entire thing was very fucking iffy I mean iffy at best but as you might expect everyone's favorite backdoor man Lindsey Graham came right out and was like we have to strike Iran now and like and tweeted of course because that's how that's how men of power get their ideas across, I suppose. I mean, dude, I kind of thought the idea of Twitter was it like, hey, here's some way that the average schnook on the street, you know, a regular Joe like myself can, you know, share your goofball ideas and feel like you're being heard, even if it's only by like the two people who follow you and they give a little thumbs up and you're like, there, I'm making a difference. But instead, I guess we've gotten to this place where... Um, like legit men of power, you know, like people with some fucking sway, like people that can fuck up your afternoon. These assholes are like, that's how they get their ideas out. They don't hold a press conference where you can ask them exactly what the fuck do you mean. They don't come out with any kind of proper declaration. 
you know, where they say, all right, I'm going to get to the bottom of this shit. No, they come out with a fucking tweet. And Lindsey Graham's tweet is, we need to strike Iran hard. Or more like, we need to strike Iran hard. (laughs) Dude, if that guy, I swear, when he's on his own, I will bet my last wooden nickel that that guy talks like the dude from South Park, like the gay teacher from South Park. I don't know why these sons of bitches think they can just blow up our African-American reservists and get away with it. We need to hit Iran hard. Hit them from behind without even lubing up. Hit them when they don't see us coming. And then slip out the back door. Yeah. Okie dokie. Oh, but I have nowhere to park. Fuck the airport, man. Well, yeah, so now as it turns out, this guy is running his dick holster. And it's not even, you know, any level of certainty as to like, well, wait a minute, man. Was it actually... Iran that did this, or are you just kind of talking out of your ass? And as per, it's Lindsey Graham talking out of his ass. I think he's got a little, he's got room to maneuver, as it were. So with that, I mean, just like, uh, just like your good book says, wars and rumors of wars and the bullshit never ends. And I mean, who the hell knows what goes on? I mean, there, there is so much wacky shit they're talking about. Maybe Israel hits, uh, Lebanon, they're talking about Egypt maybe getting in the mix. Um, Iran, dude, I mean, Iran appears to be the cool customer just keeping their powder dry. Good for them too, man, right? I mean, let everybody else do the heavy lifting and then roll in at the end. As for the U.S., dude, I mean, it just seems like just getting just getting jabbed to death. You know, I mean, like you watch them fights and it's like just poke, 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 poke. Just a constant, unrelenting jab. Dude, I don't know how much longer uh, this shit show can really stand for it. But I mean, you know, whatever, dude. That's not my fish to fry. Anyway, moving on to the, um, moving on to some of the meat of the conversation here, I guess. I talk to a few dudes off and on in the chat. Like I talk to guys in the chat and then I'll like, you know, just, just DM with guys back and forth. And like dudes will have some specific questions, you know, that they don't feel like they got to put out to the entire chat. And that's well and good, dude. I ain't, I ain't got any issue with that. Hit me up. Um, one dude asked me though, like, man, why always with the tippy toeing, man, always you with the tippy toeing. And I do tippy toe, man, because, um, well, if you've ever been in the military or if you've ever been outside or you've been to an airport or anywhere in real life, you will see dude that there are fucking idiots out there. And quite honestly, just like this January 6th thing, man, when somebody says like, we got to fight, we got to take control, we got to get the power back. Some people, there are people who have license, who have basically been handed some level of authority to go set shit on fire in the streets. We know that. We've talked about that. But there are other people who, in spite of the fact that you know, you know, you know they're looking for a reason to throw your fucking ass in the tank, will still go out there and do something fucking wazoo. So instead of beating to death on, you know, another go around of like, dude, the things that I say, like, don't take a lot of shit literally don't go out and do anything fucking zany certainly don't go do anything kinetic right uh instead of beating on that to death i thought i would entertain you with yet another story so check this shit out oh dude there's a oh fucking hell dude dude check this shit out i'm at the i'm at the fucking airport i just pulled up and there's a fucking mud shark there's an asian mud shark getting out of a car right in front of me oh my god that's fucking disgusting it's an Asian broad and it looks like she ate too much. So she's got, she, she got that big fat ass 
and she's got this, she's got this field hand, and he's got that broccoli top fucking hair, and it's all fucking blonde, and uh, are they going to the airport? I wonder where they going. I wonder they going to see he mama. Ah, ah, it's, I don't know, dude, it's, it's just, it's, I don't, what, I don't understand what it is, dude, airports and mud sharks, dude, you see a lot of mud sharks at airports, it's bizarre, it's in the wild, dude, it's, you know, it's some shit that you imagine you would see on, like, uh, you would imagine you'd only see this shit, like, on shows or some shit, like, on TV, you wouldn't imagine you'd see this shit, like, in the wild, you know, like, you, you, like, you turn on fucking Telegram, you know, you see a guy naked fighting cops in the street, with a stick, you're like, oh, it's fucking Telegram. What are you? This could be anywhere. It could be goddamn Bangladesh. Who the fuck knows? You don't expect to see that kind of shit in real life. Just like fucking mud sharks, dude. Like, what the fuck is going through your head? Like, you you got eyes, dude. Like, look around. How what, what do you see when you see single moms, right? When you see white grandmamas taking day grandbaby to the store because mom's working her only job because she ain't got no man. What do you see? What do you fucking see? You see the fruits of this kind of idiocy. When you read the obituaries, what do you see? You see the results of these kind of decisions, and yet here you are. Good Lord. So on one hand, no, I I don't want to get, you know, I don't need to get excited about some Asian chick. Oh, man, but imagine, imagine the shame in her family. I bet her fucking parents don't even speak to her. Ah, man. (laughs) It's hard to look at. Anyway, I digress. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'll tell you this story, man, to kind of drive home this point about like being careful with, with what you say because of what some people might go and do. So when I was, uh, when I was growing up, I grew up in like, I grew up in, I want to say in the middle of nowhere, like we always referred to it as the middle of nowhere, but in Southern California, this was actually a place that was kind of between semi-large cities, between fairly large cities. So when you tell somebody where it is, you could say like, well, you know where this city is? Yeah. You know where this is? Yeah. It's like right in between that. Oh, okay. But this is not a place that most people would go and find like on purpose. Like my folks growing up lived in one of these larger cities and it became such a shithole that they were like, you know, fuck this, man. We got to get the fuck out of here. And that was a situation with a lot of people that I grew up with. Uh, They were like people that lived in one of these more normal places, which imagine, imagine in the 70s or early 80s. If you're moving out of a place because it's becoming an urban shithole, right? You can kind of do the math on this. So, um, you know, living out there, there weren't that many people that just turned up out there that grew up or had lived somewhere other than one of these few major cities that surrounded it. But growing up then, one of the, the families that moved out there was this family from New York. And this kid that I went to school with, this was... Like me growing up, like I was not the jaded, abusive asshole that I am now. I was like a real nice guy. I was a sweet kid. I was a fucking dunce. All right. I was like a sucker. I was the kind of motherfucker that would give a guy change for gas, even though he's got no fucking car. Right. I'm that fucking guy. Growing up there, I'm like, I'm this nice kid and I meet this dude and he's real fucking cool. This guy, Johnny. Right. So I meet this kid, Johnny. He's real fucking cool. I'm like, yeah, Johnny seems fucking cool. So I hang out with him a little bit, you know, and we become friends. One of the first dudes that I was really decent friends with when um, when I was in high school. And I'm hanging out with this guy. And now, once in a while, as you do, when you're a kid, you go over to his house. 
you know, you go over to your friend's house and such, and you meet their folks. And like, so Johnny's Italian, right? And um, not like, not like you see on TV Italian, like people are fat with big noses and wacky chains and, and lots of hands and arm movements type shit. Not like that. More like, more like soccer Italian, more like scooter Italian. Now his dad was uh, a little bit older, older than like older than what you would expect, right? Older for a guy who has a kid that age, you know, a teenage kid. His dad's a little bit older and his, his mom then conversely was um, a bit younger and pretty good looking. And I can't remember her name. Something starts with an M. It was some bizarre, some bizarre name. Doesn't matter. Anyway, so now this guy's dad, Joe, as he went by, he's like he was like a fucking character, and he was a goofball, and he's always he'd always joke around with you and fuck around, and he had like these luscious flowing locks. He had this nice hair, you know, like he's uh, he's gonna go take the penalty kick to win the World Cup or some kind of thing. So these people end up out here in the middle of nowhere. So you can kind of guess, like you can draw your own conclusions, like how did this come to be. Like, how did you, Italian family, who apparently had a nice piece of money, like they lived in a pretty nice place, how did you end up out here? And, you know, so far as I could tell, Johnny didn't know nothing about it. If I, looking back, had to look at it, I would say maybe there's either a degree of like, we got to get the fuck out of Dodge or some kind of witness protection thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody said he had an older brother, but I didn't ever get to talk to him. But uh, so far as I knew... You know, they're just regular people. It's a little bit weird, but regular people. Anyway, we were good friends uh, through high school. And then I went away. I joined the military. And then once in a while, as you do in the military, you go home. So I go home. And um, Johnny's still living there. And I hit him up. I'm like, hey, what's happening, man? I'm, I'm in town. You want to hang out? You want to get a beer? Yeah, all right. So we go. We hang out a little bit. And the uh, next day, he's like, hey, come by. See my folks, man. Come by. We're going to have lunch. I was like all right, I'm going to have lunch, dude, because his mom could cook. She could sling those pots and pans, right? So I'm going to go get this. I'm going to get big Italian lunch. So I go over there, and he's kind of got this this look on his face, and I'm like, what's going on, dude? And he's like, like you just got to fucking wait and see, man, you know, kind of a look. And his mom, his mom's pissed off. She's always pissed off, but now she's even more pissed off. And uh, I look in here, and I see that um, his dad has shaved his head. Right. And like he had the flowing locks and I'm like, what happened? I'm like, Joe, you, why'd you cut your hair all off? And he says, wait, you're going to see, this is going to be great. So what I come to find out is that, uh, so this guy, this is when out here in the middle of nowhere, like around this time they had just stood up a Costco and it was like the, it was, it was the shit, you know, like to go to Costco you're in the middle of fucking nowhere, man. Like early nineties, like Costco was still like, it was the shit, man. What you, what you want to do this weekend? Let's go cruise around to Costco, dude. Let's check it out. Yeah. Okay. You know, so his dad loves some Costco and he would buy all his shit in bulk. So these people also had this guy that was like groundskeeper slash assistant housekeeper slash cook. So this guy, Raul, and he's just, he was this oversized smiling Mexican dude. So this guy, fucking Raul, he helps out with things, helps out a lot in the kitchen. And you know, initially, like, the question would be, like, so what's with mom? Is she, like, nah, I didn't really see. The guy seemed more gay than than not, I guess. Anyway, so Raul's over there, and now they also got this housekeeper. And apparently, I don't know exactly what happened, and I don't know why, and I don't care. But apparently, this guy Joe decided he couldn't stand neither of these two no more. 
And this is part of why I think there was some component of maybe a witness relocation thing. Because, like, he had some kind of a weird thing. Like, he just wants them to be quiet. He just wants them to, I just want them to fuck out of here. Like, he just said he didn't want these people working there anymore. So he wants them to fuck out of there. So he says, I got this figured out. You're going to love this. So he's, he's telling me, like, he loves the fucking Costco. He buys everything in bulk, right? So he buys his shampoo in bulk for his luscious locks. But now... He's got this fucking housekeeper that he wants to get rid of, but he doesn't want to just fire her because, again, as he says, I want her to keep her mouth shut. And I'm like, I don't ask about what, because at this point I knew to just like, just don't fucking ask. Uh, He wants to keep her mouth shut, but he wants her the fuck out of here. And the way he does this, he says, you're going to love what happens. Watch this. She's been stealing some of his shampoo for his luscious locks because he buys in a fucking bulk and he she thinks that he's not going to notice but he's sure that she's been stealing his fucking shampoo. So he cut all his fucking hair off. And now I said, well, how the fuck does this work? And he's like, watch, I'm going to show you how this works. This is what we call misdirection. <laughs> so he says, he says, watch, I'm going to show, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you a little misdirection. here. You're going to love this. So the housekeeper shows up, right? She walks in and she's wearing a hat. And what this guy had fucking done is he had got some hair remover and put it In like the last two bottles, like in this big fucking stack of this bulk shit that he's buying. And he sees that one of them is gone. So now he goes and cuts his hair, right? So now (laughs) what he expects to happen is this hairdresser's going to, or the hairdresser, this fucking housekeeper's going to show up and her hair's going to be fucked up. Instead, she shows up and she's wearing a fucking hat. And he's looking at me and he's looking at her and he's looking at, and I'm like, he's, he's keeping a straight face. And I'm like, and I'm trying to be cool. I'm like, this is, this is just getting weird. I'm like, why don't you just fucking fire her? <laughs> but uh, so I'm looking at this shit and now he says, no, watch this. You're going to love this shit. And she walks in and she's wearing a fucking hat and she sees him and she goes, oh, Mr. Joe, you cut your hair. And he's like, yeah, can you fucking believe it? Oh, this fucking, you like, come here. And she comes over. He goes, yeah, that son of a bitch that comes around here, this guy, fucking Raul. You know, I made fun of him, you know, because you see him prancing around here, the way he prances, the way he dances around here, the way he acts. You know, I think he's a little bit, you know, I think he's a little bit light, but you've seen him. So I said, so, you know, I, I had a few drinks in me. I said something to him. He takes it the wrong way, this guy. You know, I think maybe he is a faggot. He takes it the wrong way. And that son of a bitch, I think he put hair remover in my fucking shampoo. You see my shampoo in the bathroom when you clean in there? I think he put fucking hair remover in there. And, and she's like, you see the fucking gears turn? in this broad's head and she's like oh that son of a bitch and so now this guy raul obviously you know being the housekeeper like assistant housekeeper along with this cleaning lady that comes in they got their little thing and like she's like that son of a bitch i gotta say something to him he's like no no don't say nothing don't say nothing i don't you maybe you do maybe you don't it's okay so how he was gonna deal with the raul i don't know but this chick apparently She's wearing this fucking hat, which you can kind of derive that she had stolen some of this shampoo and she's fucked her own hair up. But now she thinks that it's fucked up because of this house guy, house gay, if you like. <laughs> the, the, the the house gay who comes around anyway. And I don't know whether Joe ever expected her to say anything to the Raul or not. But what I'm pretty sure of is that he did not expect her to go and burn his house down, which is what ended up happening. And even as she was setting fire to this guy's house or trailer or whatever, I don't know where the guy lived, but even as she was getting her arson on, I don't imagine that she expected that he was asleep inside. 
So I don't know, you know, maybe she did. I don't fucking know. But the point is, the point is that even luscious locks aside, a guy's got to be careful about what he says and who he says it to and what he expects to happen as a result. Because, I mean, one minute you're just shaving your head and the next thing you know, your you know, gay houseboy is getting set on fire. So when you hear me kind of mincing words and tap dancing carefully around some things and throwing in the constant caveats of like, listen to this shit, but don't go out and do anything fucking stupid. Just hear what I'm saying and keep it in your pocket, all right? That's why. That's the kind of thing that can happen if a guy is you know, a little less than careful. So moving along then to this talk on uh, the X, the X and you being on the X, getting off the X, recognizing when you're on the X. So quick review then the idea of being on the X or getting off the X, what is the X? So when somebody sets up to do something rotten to you, whether that's just beat the shit out of you, whether that's beat you down and mug you, whether that's shoot you, whether that's steal your car, whether that's arrest you for, you know, whatever, man, inciting racial hatred outside, you know, London Heathrow Airport, what fucking ever. Whenever they're going to do something like this to you, people put these things together based around something that you could think of as like an X. So just like the Roadrunner Wiley Coyote thing, you got that big fucking X and now like you got that bird seed. And now when he gets here, I'm going to drop this fucking anvil on him. I'm going to run out here and I don't know why the fuck you would drop an anvil on something you intend to eat. But that's another discussion. But the idea here is that you've got this shit set up just so to happen in a certain way. So the way that these plans, a kind of cycle of attack, the way that these things get ironed out is you've got a few different stages. You've got like a spotting stage. You've got collection. You've got close recon. You've got plan and rehearse. And then you've got execute. So moving through these kind of slowly, not too slowly because we ain't got all day, right? But um, <clears throat> you're kind of your spotting and collection. So spotting, this can just be like, I see a target. You That could be like a guy out looking for a target. Like, I need to go out here and find this, that, the other thing that I want to do something to. That, that could be like, I'm going to go out here and find some woman to hit on. That could be, I'm going to go out here and find somebody to mug. I'm going to find a car to steal. Any of this shit going actively looking to find it. It could also be just sitting there and waiting. And then sometimes these targets come by. So if you think of soul brother, like no other, just hanging out outside on he porch and now some idiot, like some drunk or some woman with no friends or whatever comes by. All right. I was just minding my business, but now here's this target. All right. So this is like the spotting phase. So whether a target appears by accident or by design, a target appears or several targets appear at which point you're going to decide like which of these targets am I going to go for. This is where like the reconnaissance phase comes in. So now you're taking a look like that looks like it could be a target. So when you see the videos, this is where this is where you see the aspiring lawyer, aspiring engineer start scratching he chin. He's scratching he chin cause he thinking and now he start looking around because he's trying to see anybody else. Is somebody else going to challenge me? this target or am I going to get rolled up or is this a trap or you know whatever so this is where the reconnaissance comes in of like one is this a good target two if there's multiple targets is this the easiest target right because like lions don't chase down the strongest fastest you know deer or whatever you go for the weak one man like you know yeah granted maybe like the bigger one could be like the better meal but that's a lot of fucking work they're going to go for the easy target so when you see a lot of people talking about like, dude, make yourself a hard target. They're not just talking about like a fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. That means like make yourself appear as too much of a pain in the ass. 
You know, like you could be like, you know, if somebody's drunk, like if there's two drunks walking down the road and one drunk is like stumble trip fall, money falling out of his fucking pockets, can't hold a fucking conversation, that's an easy target. The other guy, if that guy is yelling and screaming and flying at the fences and trying to start fights, I'm not going to go and walk up and try to mug that guy. That's a pain in the ass. It's a hard target, dude. And he might not have anything. Take this one over here. This is easy, right? So you got your recon piece. Now that's when they start looking at like, okay, this is this is the direction I'm going to go. So now you're planning and collection piece. This is where like I'm getting more, I'm like closer reconnaissance. Like what do you actually have? Do you have money in your pocket? Are you with any friends? Where can I make this happen? How can I make this happen? Where's a good spot for this X? Where is a place to do this? Maybe they follow you a little bit. Maybe they lure you a little bit. Maybe they do something to drive you in a certain direction. Okay, all of this stuff can be driving you towards an X where this thing is going to happen. So like the planning and rehearse piece, you know, for like a major type operation, like invading a country, some kind of shit like that, there will be large scale operations, right? Or large scale rehearsals where you're like, you're doing it as close as you can to the real thing. A smaller thing, a rehearsal can be that kind of shit where they're just reaching out, poking you, touching you, touching you, touching you. Hey man, hey, shoving you, shoving you, getting in your face, something like this. All right, this is essentially a rehearsal for attacking you. Like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to see how it goes. So they reach out and they touch you a little bit or shove you a little bit. They're going to see, like, if they catch five across the eyes, like, hey, fuck off. Then, like, all right, well, maybe if I, like, actively try to grab onto this guy, he's going to fight real fucking hard. So maybe I think about it. Maybe I think twice, right? But also a lot of times this planning and rehearse piece, this is when they say that there's like radio silence when like, yeah, the the chatter has ceased. That's because like we have all the information we need. We've made all the plans we need to make. We're going to pull back, get everything in place and then launch. Right. So when you hear about like, yeah, that's radio, the eerie silence, bro. Like that's something's about to pop off. So that's when the uh, the attack goes off and that's you standing on the X. So one, obviously way to recognize that you've been in an attack is that like you're being attacked like some some aspiring lawyer is beating you about the head neck and shoulders and reaching for your wallet okay this is this is pretty obviously like yeah i'm being attacked something to consider at this point is that it doesn't always go from zero to a hundred so that kind of probing attack that kind of rehearsal where like give you a shove give you a taste give you a little a little head fake that's, that's a rehearsal, but that means that the attack is kind of underway. We're kind of nip, nip, nipping at you and seeing, like, what's this guy going to do? Is he going to react? Is he going to take a swing at me? Is he going to move? What's going to happen? When you just sit there and you see people do this shit, like, I, when you see videos of people really catching a beat down, you always see this shit where they just kind of sit there and take it and hope that they'll just lose interest or just go away, all right? What you do when you take that approach is you put yourself completely at the discretion of this other this other party. Like whether this situation escalates or de-escalates depends entirely on them deciding I want to continue or I just want to stop. If they take a couple grabs at you, make a couple shoves, take a shot at you, and you don't do anything, well, then why the fuck would you think that they're just going to stop? Like, ah, I'm bored with this. I'm just going to go do something else now. No. They've already, they've already invested, all right? They've already put time and effort and planning into knocking your fucking teeth out. So why would they stop now? Why wait? You know, why not wait until you're unconscious? Now I pick your pocket and get down the road, 
All right, so that's one thing to keep in mind is once these little probing, these little feeling out attacks start coming, like it's basically already underway. Like they've already commenced their operation. So once an operation commences or once an attack commences, there's a couple things to keep in mind. One is that kind of cycle, that process of the attack where they're going to beat you into compliance, whether that means unconscious or just give me your money or get out of the car or whatever. Right? They're going to work you until they get what they want and they can, they can depart at that point. Or until you fight back and it becomes too much of a pain in the ass to continue. So once this thing kicks off, there's a couple things to bear in mind. So the first thing uh, and like the best, very, very best piece of advice that I ever heard on this thing was just move. Fucking move. Whether move means push back into them, whether move means punch them, whether move means haul ass, whether move means yell and take some steps, something. You got to fucking do something. If you stand there, bad shit will keep happening. What happens when you move, all right, when you either get off of that X or you engage with them or you do something they didn't expect, you change the dynamic because when they're acting, all you can do is react to them. So they act, you react. They do something else, you react to it. They do something else, you react to it. Eventually, they're just having their way. They get to do whatever they want, and the best you can do is just try to cope with it. All right. When you take positive action, whether that's you start hauling ass, whether that's you take a swing at somebody, whether that's you're Kyle Rittenhouse and you make the world a better place, whatever action it is you take, you adjust, you present a situation where they have to react now and they have to do something if they want to continue. In the physical sense, a lot of times these things are set up at a certain location. So whether that's the subway platform, whether that's that one stretch of road in town, whether that's the spot where the cars always stack up, whatever the fuck it is, a lot of these things are designed around a location. A lot of times if you can just get the fuck out of Dodge, meaning fucking go, like just fucking go, 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 then it'll just be averted. One thing to keep in mind here is that if you do think you see something coming down the road, if you do think you see maybe an attack starting to take shape, it's natural to like you, you take off, you like you start seeing, uh, you know, future doctors and lawyers clubs start like, oh shit, shit and scratching their chin and milling around and you're like, fuck this dude. And you just like, you like expeditiously make your way, whatever, out of, out of the club, back onto the street or onto a, you cross the fucking road, whatever it is. You know, if you go home later and you feel like an asshole, don't, all right, don't. Because there was something in your mind that let you know that, like, something doesn't seem quite right here. I feel like I should take action here. I'm not sure why or what's going on, but I feel like I should do something. So when you think of, like, a sixth sense, all right, I'm kind of, I want to say, like, I'm a believer in the sixth sense. But I don't mean, like, you see dead people. I mean that, like, you've got all these fucking senses, and when all of them can work together, like, each of them can be telling you something that doesn't really mean anything in particular, but altogether, it definitely means something. And a lot of times that's what you get. So kind of like quick, simple example is like if you work in some fucking office, one uh, like what? Like one time you would ask that hot girl in accounting like, hey, uh, you want to go for drinks? And she's like, oh, I totally would. But, you know, I have a boyfriend and, and you're really cool and everything. But I mean, if I didn't have a boyfriend, I would. But I really do. So sorry. You're like, OK, cool. And now later you hear that, like you hear some girl in, uh, some other girl in accounting talking about that one girl broke up with her boyfriend. And now later you see 
hot girl from accounting walk in dressed like she's priced to move. Even still later, you go to the break room to get coffee and you see hot girl from accounting getting up from her desk at the same time and walking over there at the same time you do. And you notice that she's wearing more perfume than she usually does. Okay, all of these things taken alone mean nothing. She's wearing more perfume than usual. Big fucking deal. That's got nothing to do with you. She's dressed like so. That's got nothing to do with you. She broke up with her boyfriend. That's got nothing to do with you. She said that she would go out with you. Maybe she was just being polite. But altogether, these paint a fairly clear picture, right? Where you could say, hey, I bet, you know, I think I might have a shot here. You know, or you end up in HR, which is just as likely these days. But point is, you take all of this information together, you're probably not wrong. It's the same thing with being on the X. If you start to get the feeling that like things are happening a little faster than I feel like they should, I feel like something's going on, just relocate, man. So if that's on foot, like one, you should know where the exits are. Either relocate out of that building, off that block, across that street. Just get the fuck out of Dodge, man. Especially if it's a place you don't know. You don't have any idea where you might be standing. If it's in traffic, in traffic, uh, one cool trick of the trade that we used is always be able to see the bottom of the tires in front of you. This ensures that if you just crank the wheel and you head out some kind of direction that you're going to have enough room to not get stuck on the car that's in front of you. So when I say head out while you're in a car, what we're talking about here is what they call drivable terrain. That's any terrain that you can make your way through. So if it's a bunch of fuck sticks like beating on your car and saying they want to kill you, what's more important, you staying alive or you having no dents in your fender? All right. So if that means hopping the curb and moving expeditiously down the sidewalk, not moving at fucking 90, but like, hey, there's a riot on. Get out of the fucking way. Honk, honk, honk. Move, move, move and make your way to safety. All right. That means driving off on the median, on the shoulder. If that means rubbing a few cars that are like, yeah, we're blocking. We're blocking traffic to raise awareness. Like, what the fuck is it with people and blocking fucking traffic? Get the fuck off the X, all right? So when you see that kind of shit of like, yay, we're going to block an intersection and have a protest about some shit that means, you know, even if it's something that you fucking support, you're like, God damn it, dude. Would you get the fuck out of the traffic, please? I'm trying to get someplace. And they decide that like, fuck you, Whitey, I'm going to beat on your car today. Well, guess what's happening now? All right, you're just not going to go the way that you think. So the last item on getting off the X then is, uh, and I'm sure I said this last time, when you get gone, stay gone. If you duck a situation where shit could have gone sideways and now, like, you know, maybe these guys were planning to beat the fuck out of you, take your wallet, but you kind of saw future doctors and lawyers shaping up and you're like, yeah, fuck this. And you dip out to the side and you just walk on down the road and they're like, oh, shit. And they're going my free lunch and shit. And now they're going to wait for somebody else. But now you start thinking to yourself, like... Like, oh, I'm that rotten asshole that crosses the street when he sees a young group of African-Americans. That's hardly a fair judgment. I, I bet they're actually nice guys. Now, let me let me walk on back there and see. Let me see what was going on. Don't never go back to these things, all right? If something in your brain was telling you that, like, yeah, I should probably go, or even if an attack is happening and you're like, yeah, I got to get the fuck out of here, and you bolt, all right, don't ever get the idea that, like, Hey, let me go back and see if it escalated. Hey, let me go back and see if I can get pictures of a license plate or some kind of bizarre shit, all right? If you get gone, stay fucking gone. 
So in terms of getting gone, we're talking about multiple terrain features between you and whoever you had an issue with. So that's buildings, bridges, hills, bodies of water, whatever the fuck. Get gone, stay gone in a way that makes it for them like, man, I don't want that guy that fucking bad. Make it so they're going to really have to want you if they're going to come and get you. Make sense? All right, so with that, I have arrived at the airport, man. I'm going to go in here and stand in a line I don't want to stand in and uh, then go and do work that I don't want to do for people that I don't want to see. So with that, I will leave you until next time, man. And next time, I don't know what we're going to talk about. It's a mystery, but um, I am on all the the standard outlets now, like your uh, your Spotify, your, I want to say iTunes, dude. I think it's on there. And of course, the Telegram and of course, the chat. So feel free to leave this someplace where cats can find it because like we always say, the world needs more people like us. And until next time, keep your eyes on the horizon. Keep your neck out of the noose. I've been Coffee. These are my takes. Thank you.